This is the Savage Fincast, episode one. This time, it's for real. Well, we're back again for, uh, you know, another month, another issue. Savage Dragon, uh, what is it, 176, right? I'm losing my mind. It's 176. And, uh... This is episode one, and this time it's for real. <laughs> so uh, let's go around and reintroduce ourselves. I'm Jim Purcell. Um, um, I'm a Savage Dragon fan. Craig Olson, a Savage Dragon fan, co-creator of uh, Savage Dragon Wiki and DragonFan.net, which we'll talk about later. Yep. And now we have uh, a new new uh, host. Uh, well. Podcaster, I guess the proper term. Uh, Adam O. Uh, Hello, I'm Adam O. Pruitt, and uh, I actually hate Savage Dragon. Oh no! I can't believe they still publish it. Oh, He's just Hulk with a fan. Blah blah blah. I thought this was GI Joe Cup podcast. Darn it! How do you get in the door? <laughs> Sorry. Unfortunately, uh, Nick, who was with us last time, uh, can't make it this week. Uh, we hope to have him back soon. Uh, He's got to be up early tomorrow. But uh, I guess Adam will have to do. I'll try to fill Nick's enormous shoes. <laughs> so, Image Comics news. Uh, Image Expo coming up in California, I hear. Uh, I'm not totally familiar with all the details, except for I probably can't go, because it's in California. Uh, Adam, you said you got the press release. Uh, yeah, it's right in front of me. It's... Uh, February 24th through 26th at the Oakland Convention Center. Three-day celebration of creator-owned comics. Uh, Obviously, it's the Image Expo, but they're uh, stressing that it's a celebration of creator-owned comics, I think, more so than just Image Comics. Lots of Image creators are going to be there. The partners, Kirkman, Larson, McFarlane, Silvestri, Valentino, as well as special guests like Rob Liefeld, Wills Fertasio, Joe Casey, Jay Ferber, Jonathan Hickman, Ryan Otley, Richard Starkings, and probably gobs of other people that haven't been announced yet. All-star uh, team-up event. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely going to be pretty cool. I think it's the, um, since uh, Comic-Con International is not doing WonderCon in the Bay Area this year, I think that's why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this isn't, is this, a, this isn't a trade show per se, it's a basically a creator get-together with lots and lots of panels, I assume. Um, that's what it sounds like to me as well. Yes. Yeah. There, there really hasn't been any additional information besides that one press release. I've been right. kind of looking up. I've been waiting to hear what kind of panels and, and whatnot, but I haven't seen anything. But I do hope that the create, you know, the, the Kirkman, Lars McFarlane, Sylvester Valentino, Lightfield, and Portacio all get together and finish Image United. Yes. How cool would that be? Yeah, like they could do it while we watch at gunpoint. <laughs> They're all together. It doesn't get much easier than that. Kidnap them. Yeah. Put them in a room. But, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it'd be awesome. I can imagine, you know, it's creator-owned, so you'll probably get, you know, probably Dark Horse guys will be there, like, you know. Yeah, for sure. Eric Powell or, you know, Remender or whatever, hopefully, you know. It'd be nice to get one on the East Coast, but... Well, there's something like that here on the East Coast. It's 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 not... Uh, this is higher profile, being Image Comics and all, but on the East Coast over here, we it's in the New England area, we've got the uh, Web Comic Weekend that happens once a year where all these web comic artists and writers get together, and they're, they're really on the cutting edge of creator-owned and independent comics as well as the, the Internet comics as well. It's 
I've never been able to actually go, but one of these days. Yeah, I've heard of that. That's supposed to be pretty cool too. But yeah, this uh, the, the Image Expo. If I had a thousand dollars lying around, I would definitely fly out there and go. Yeah, this is happening like I, I just moved away from the Bay Area, oh, no. so of course it's happening now. But I, I think I'll, I'll I think I'll make the trip out for it. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I usually go to WonderCon, and so this is this actually sounds cooler than WonderCon. So, so I, I don't really pay attention to the con scene. So WonderCon's a usual thing that happens that isn't happening this year. Yeah, um, the it's the usually happens in downtown San Francisco, uh, and it's sort of Image's home show just because it's the the closest biggest show. They're based to, out of to, Berkeley, right? Right, right. And uh, the place that they usually hold it, the Moscone Center, is undergoing renovation, and I think Comic Con International, instead of just moving it to another building, they're like oh, well, let's do something different and have it in L.A. this year, even though there's already tons of shows in L.A. So uh, um, I remember when that was announced, a lot of the people at Image were not happy. (laughs) So I think they probably were like, well, shit, why don't we just do our own? We do our own. It's what we do. Let's go do our own thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just inferring from some of that, but that's, that's what it seems like, so. And tell you the truth, it, it sounds like the perfect con for someone like me because looking at those creators, those are the guys' books that I read anyway. Like for the yeah. most, part. So, you know, Kirkman, Larson. You know, I read Invincible with, you know, with uh, Otley and Kirkman. I, you know, Savage yeah. Dragon. I'm gonna start getting those Lifefield books when when Supreme comes out and Glory and stuff like that. You know, I, I read Hard, sure. Elephant Man. You know, it's just. It's yeah. every book that I pretty much collect these days. The guys are all going to be in one spot. So if I was a, a left coaster, I would uh, be there. Should we move on to the, the next little bit of news? Uh, all right. There's, it's not a strong news month, but you know, we Larson debuted the, the cover to issue 180. It is a cover. I, I think it's one of my favorites that I've seen him do for the entire run of Savage Dragon. I really, I, really. I love the pipes. I love the pipes in the, in the background. Which which pipes? The pipe, the like, the same. So, so not pipe. Malcolm's arms. Uh, <laughs> pretty predominant. And for anyone that hasn't seen uh, the cover of 180, you can go on, you know, Eric Larson's uh, message board, or there's links on uh, the Savage Fincast uh, website to the message board or dragonfan.net and you can see the cover of 180 but i'll uh direct link it when i host this uh the radio program so everyone can bask in its glory <laughs> sweet and it's uh you know it looks like angels down for the count and a bunch of sewer water and yeah we're gonna call it sewer it. water <laughs> um and the what is it the tyrus combine is kind of surrounding them that's what it looks like at least a bunch of monster yeah. hands in the in the forefront. Monsters in a sewer. That is classic. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty cool. The, the, the detail is impressive because, I don't know, to me, for, for a couple of years now, Eric seems to have been focusing on more of a minimalist um, line art style, uh, letting the coloring uh, do show more of the texture to things, and it seems like he's getting back to doing his own uh, line work. To uh, I think it looks looks better. Of course, that's just uh, from my observation. I could be way off base. Yeah, it's he's always experimenting. You know, he's always changing up how he's doing stuff. 
but he had a little while there where, you know, when he was coloring and lettering the book, where it got real weird and real expressive. I actually really love those issues, but a lot of people don't. But I, I kind of love the, the you know, some of the stuff that almost looks like Ashley Wood, like it was thrown down with a brush and uh, just real loose and expressive. But at the same time, I like this this new stuff too, the little tighter, a little more detailed. I just like seeing change happen constantly, and that's sort of what he does. That is just one yeah, constant I'm... change. Yeah. And I think that's what makes the book enjoyable. I, I can see, you know, some, there's a lot of people out there that resist change, and that's I, maybe hurts the book. But, you know, I, I think it's great that there's constant change. It keeps it fresh, keeps it going. You know, it keeps old, you know, longtime fans into it, I think. Yeah. Um. Then just to move on, another bit of news is kind of on my end. I uh, debuted DragonFan.net's uh, new blog, and um, I had a little bit of help. Uh, co-created that with Raven Perez, and that kind of started with uh, about seven years ago. I did DragonFan.com. And that was kind of like my fan website for Savage Dragon. And yeah, I remember that. That was a cool site. Thank you. I, I kind of gave up on it two or three years ago. I just didn't have the time. You know, seven years ago, the web was completely different. It wasn't, you know, not many people were using blogs, I don't think. Yeah. You know, people weren't u- utilizing YouTube. There weren't really many podcasts that people were, were getting into. And uh, I, you know, it was more of a static web page. And I just, couldn't keep up with it, you know. My job started taking more and more time, and uh, Raven Perez approached me. Uh, Raven's a, a, one of the forum members, a pretty active Savage Dragon fan, about helping him with a blog. And blogs these days, it's just so easy to to work and just you know, pu- you know, publish anything real quick. You know, a link to a YouTube video or someone else's site. So or a fincast. Yeah, we're going to use dragonfan.net as kind of like a point source for all Savage Dragon news. So it's going to be more like the Drudge Report or Huffington Post of Savage Dragon. So I'll just be adding any kind of cool Savage Dragon-related thing I see on another website. I'll be linking it from dragonfan.net and anything from the forums and stuff like that. So hopefully it's like you don't have to read through a bunch of crap to find like the juicy details. It'll all be posted in one spot. Yeah, one-stop shop for... Everything. Yeah, I mean, links to the wiki page, links to the, you know, the FinCast, um, links to the forum, you know, just a, just a one one point shopping area there. Um, but that's going well. We, we've been kind of working on it for a few weeks now. And we've also got like um, a Twitter going on. Dragon Fan Blog is the Twitter. Um, and that's the same thing, you know, even if it's like smaller things that may, might not be worthy of, of making a blog post on it, I'll, I'll post it on Twitter and it's just a way to kind of get the fan base rallied around Savage Dragon because it's my favorite book and I want more people to start reading it. Yes. Uh, more people reading Savage yeah, Dragon. Yeah, the words can't hurt. Cannot yeah. hurt. Are you the yeah. one of the ones then, working on the flyer? I think some of my text was used for the flyer, and I think what's going to happen is the the dragonfan.net's also going to have a couple of static pages besides the blog. One's going to be like maybe for the flyer, just to get new readers kind of interested. 
Uh, we'll have a, a separate page for that. And then I think we might have something like a, a page that just lists like all the trades and the order codes and stuff like that. So, um, seems but like, yeah, that seems like the, the hardcore fan base is really getting into promoting the book right now. I'm kind of curious what exactly is spring. I know for me, it was with issue 175. I wanted to, I've been wanting to give something back for a while and the idea of doing a yeah. podcast has been in my head for a while. And I thought putting the two together would maybe do some good. I think to be honest, like I think a lot of people took notice of the book again after 168. I think everybody was like, Whoa, you just transitioned the lead like all of a sudden without hyping it for years, like everybody else does. And, uh, because around that time there seemed to be a lot of reviews and stuff. And then that coinciding with 175 being sort of a, you know, a, a uh, not exactly an anniversary issue, but a good milestone kind of for a creator own book to come to. Um, it's just been in the press a little bit. And I think maybe more people who weren't reading it, you know, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, are reading it now. There's definitely a lot of people out there who are reading it, like who are reading it for Malcolm as we're seeing like on the, on, you know, the forums and stuff. And that's cool. Whatever, whatever, you know, gets them into it. So. I mean, I, I think also when you look at it, there's not many books anymore that are up around issue 175. This is the new age where, you know, every book's, you know, around issue three from DC and, you know, Marvel books are canceled and rebooted left and right. It's, you know, it's yeah. yep. people are starting to say, oh, you know, where are those books out there that, you know, the creative teams haven't changed much and, 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 you know, the guy, the creators have stuck with the book and, and, you know, I want to jump on those because all my books that I were, fo- that I was following for, you know, 10 plus years have all rebooted. Yep. But, um, I think it's yeah. great. And I think, you know, also on the forum, a lot of what started, I think it was uh, Gavin uh, Higginbotham that, you know, everyone knows that that's on the forum. Uh, for those who don't go on the forum, he's kind of like the uber Savage Dragon fan that's, that's you know, a database of Savage Dragon. Someday we'll <laughs> have him on a podcast. Yeah, well, he started a thread about, you know, I think it was him that started, you know, how can we promote Savage Dragon or how can we, you know get the word out and i think from that thread it ran like 14 pages of everyone spitting ideas out and out of that thread you know it seemed like this podcast came out dragonfan.net came out you know we're working on that essay to to kind of like publish about why people should purchase savage dragon so kind of spurred a lot of good ideas banging our heads together hopefully something sticks man it's been fun yeah, for sure. Any other news? I'm uh, out of little blank now. The last bit of news is just uh, in the past few days, uh, Eric has been hitting up his Twitter, uh, Eric J. Larson on Twitter, about um, a hardcover, kind of. I don't know if it's like an omnibus-type hardcover, but I don't know what you got out of it, Adam. I know we were talking about it a little before we started recording. Yeah, I... I... I'm thinking that it's just more of a, uh, he's continuing to have the conversation and, and reminding people that, uh, yes, these are coming at some point. I don't think we're close to a, a, an announcement, although I, I couldn't say, I, I really don't know. Well, I know, I, I know okay. the, um, I know the listings for the hardcovers like pop up at Amazon like once a quarter because you have to put stuff, you know, if you're putting out a book in a bookstore, you gotta put it out 
further in advance than you do a a comic that you solicit through Diamond. So they appear, and so he's kind of got to tell people that yes, he's working on it, but maybe not. Well, and just because I think he gets asked all the time. Oh yeah, and 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 because the the tr- the trade program being what it is, and the archives being where they are in the archives, and oh, the just, archives. I I know he wants to do those big old you know fat hardcover books, even including some of the stuff that was you know not just in the main book, but some of the backup comics and maybe some issues of Freak Force and stuff. Oh, he does want to put uh, in the the the. the uh, that's what it's sounding more like. Like uh, not everything, but like the stuff that's really really relevant to understanding the story. Right. Um. You know, like the Freak Force Ten, the introduction of Joey Finkelberry that came up. Joey. Um. And and I could definitely see that because that's pretty much as much of a dragon story or more than it is a, a freak force story. He's like the main character in that story. So, um, and then you know I could see I could see a lot of the other stuff like the backups uh, leading to fr- formation of freak force from the first few issues of the ongoing. I could see that stuff being incorporated because that stuff's real relevant to uh, you know introducing all those characters like Rapture and. You know, helping set up Mighty Man and, and those guys. Right. Yeah. And and the other thing I know on the Twitter, he was kind of like asking for opinions on like dust jacket or no dust jacket. So he's feeling it out. I, I know yeah. it was kind of a, a a couple of people commented on like how cool the um, Godland was it Godland uh, the the second omnibus. I don't I don't remember what it's called, but the Celestial Edition. The Celestial Editions. Yeah, those are beautiful. And I think. Eric almost sounded like he was leaning towards a format like that with no slipcover, which I kind of like. I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of slipcovers, but yeah, I know. I love the Godland ones where they just print everything like right on the book, um, and 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 that size is a good size too. Like you mean no dust jacket, right? No yeah, dust yeah, jacket. Just yeah, the, that's what I mean. yeah. Sorry, just printed right onto the the book. Yeah. So that that I think about wraps up. The news, you know, coming from Eric Larson Land and Dragon. There's one, one more, one more little thing, but it's not okay. really a big. It's just that they just announced, you know, all, all the companies are, are teasing their uh, free comic book day 2012 books, and it sounds like Image is going to be doing, you know, a celebration of 20 years of Image, and, and they're going to. It sounds like a bunch. Uh, it'll be an anthology book of uh, a number of different comics. They haven't announced what. It just says a mix of images old and new best love characters. And so I think it's pretty likely that we're going to see some dragon in there. Um, probably like Spawn, probably Invincible, maybe something else that's new and hot like Chew. Um, you know, probably Youngblood because it's the first image book and, and, and uh, you know, first million selling image book kind of thing. Or another reprint of Youngblood. No, I don't think this is a reprint. I think this is just a short stories. Yeah, oh, like okay. four page, five page, something like that. Uh, book for for a free comic book day. Um, I mean, four pages each segment, probably. Okay. Uh, if they're going to do a whole bunch of them between four and six pages, I would, I would, I would think. I like it when free comic book day content is new as opposed to reprints, like DC tends to do and Marvel tends to do. They've been good about doing like image, like the last I don't know four or so. Uh, as far as I can remember, they've all been new content, the image ones. So. Yeah, yeah, yep, they have. And most likely, like you said, Eric will be involved if it's a celebration of 20 years. And that, you know, on that, 
I just, you know, I'm wondering if Eric's going to do anything with Savage Dragon for the 20th anniversary, you know, some kind of special It's been 20 years already? Man. I, I remember <laughs> issue 100 in the 10th anniversary. That was basically when I was really getting into the book. Yeah. So, Savage Dragon, issue 176. Let's get to Let's it. Let's get to it. And if you look at the cover, you know, for people that might not be longtime readers, it's kind of an homage to Savage Dragon issue 20, which was, you know, Malcolm's father, Dragon, versus the original Overlord. And the same kind of, you know, you see him in the reflection of Overlord's mask. So if you uh, go online or if you have the old issue, compare the two. It's pretty cool. Speaking of comparing the two covers, just to... Just to dwell on that for a second, um, I had them both side by side here, and you know, over, the new Overlord is actually looks a bit different than that. I didn't really realize it quickly, but you can't see his eyes. Mm-hmm. He his mouth is full of that uh, Doctor Doom techno mouth yeah. stuff. Yeah. Whereas you know the original Overlord, he's got those crazy eyes and the teeth, and really the yeah, cover was... really really you know reminded me of that. There, you, there is no indication that the new Overlord is human, let alone anyone we've ever met before. Yeah, that's a good point. He may not be human. The the whole machinery covering the mouth and not being able to see his eyes is 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 it's there, so we don't know. Like it would def- it's there, so we don't know. Oh, he's a white guy, like we did before. Yeah, I and, mean, the original Overlord was what Antonio Segetti. Yeah, and and, and then after him. You know, the suit kind of ran. I think it was the cop Vic Nixon kind of yeah. took over. And I don't remember if you could see a mouth or eyes on that second version of Overlord. I don't know when Eric started doing that. If that you was... could see you could see his mouth, but you couldn't tell. Um, I, you know, I don't remember either. I remember that you could see teeth, but you might not have been able to see his skin color or something like that. Yeah. Um, so there may have still been a question of whether, like, it was a white guy or a black guy or a man or a woman, but you could see right. teeth. I, th- I yeah. think. Uh, I'm remembering that correctly. I, I mean, I think it's a living being inside there, and the reason why I say that, I don't know if you remember, it was when Overlord, you know, it was the teaser before Overlord came back. It was like it showed a picture of a guy sitting down, and you couldn't yeah. see it in the shadows, but you could tell it was like a. A guy with a big brow on his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I don't who, remember who was Overlord. Yeah, I don't remember what issue that was in, but that's why I kind of think it's somebody in there, and the the tech in the mouth is more just kind of Eric going with his wacky designs. But I could be wrong. No, I, I think it, I think it is a guy in there. I think you're right, but I th- he's definitely making it so you can't see, you know, like you as much as you could see before. Right, right. I have my theories on who Overlord is. I'm kind of disappointed that the issue didn't finally settle that, because I think we were all kind of anticipating this was the big issue, but uh wasn't to be. I well, kind of like not knowing right away. So right, away. It's not right away. It's been a couple years. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, <laughs> like two but you years. know, I mean, the old issues of Savage Dragon used to have these you know, storylines that went on forever too. And, you know, you didn't find out right away. might've been, you know, things might have lasted two years before they were concluded. And I feel like in a lot of stories lately, things have just been wrapping up so fast or 
been concluded so fast that hey you know i like the mystery i like keep guessing throw other villains in the mix in the meantime let us you know keep guessing but you know i might be a minority on that No, i mean i I get what you're saying i mean you know it's a slow burn but it's you know you enjoy it for you know as it goes along and if he doesn't you know he doesn't you know spoon feed you the information you you gotta you know it's gotta build up to it and i think yeah there's a certain elegance to that I mean, how, you know, I don't know. I don't read Marvel comics anymore, but, I mean, how long did it take before, you know, Doctor Doom was revealed, if he ever was? I don't know if, if his face was ever revealed. I have or no idea. But have seen you know, his face a lot of different times, but I, I couldn't answer that question either. I, I, think, it's, I think, think it took a while, though, but yeah. I, I kind of like having the, the main villain stick around in the back of the book you know it seems like lately since the savage world after cyberface like major villains have kind of come and gone within five issues or you know whatever well, there hasn't been you know glum stuck eight. around for a while yeah but at the same yeah, but he wasn't like a huge huge threat until like a small set of issues like he was sort of around for a long time and then it was like oh like he's the bad guy like, yeah he, he was, always said he was gonna be but he was just comic relief for a while and turned into a major villain. Moving on to the the, the first page, I, I like the uh, the title "Confrontation." How it kind of is like a, a double up tundra with the the story plot beats that go on in this issue mm-hmm. between uh, Dragon and this bully and Overlord. I mean Malcolm and the bully and Malcolm and Overlord. Definitely. Also, it's a sweet looking title. Uh, Tom Ors is the, he's the man. Just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> what he he does the uh, the the title sequences? I'm uh, yeah I'm, yeah yeah I'm pretty sure he does all that kind of lettering, sound effects, everything. Speaking of the bully, I've got something. This is gonna be uh this might be a little um uh thinking about things a little too far, but I wanted to to uh, bring up something that caught me when I was reading it. The bully walks up to to Malcolm and he calls says Yo Superman. And then he goes on to basically make fun of Malcolm by treating him as, like, you know, a superhero. He walks up to Malcolm, all right, and he starts throwing all these superheroes at him, you know, to make him feel, you know, sort of inferior, I guess. He's trying to play the big man. In the Savage Dragon universe, it's kind of assumed that all the Marvel and DC superheroes exist out there somewhere, but we never see them. So whenever, Mm -hmm. you know, when Dragon crosses over with Superman like he did that those two times... That actually happened to Dragon. Superman's out there somewhere. These are real. Right. These are real superheroes in these, you know, civilian in these people's eyes. So how is it that this the bully, or actually, I'm sorry, how does Malcolm know who Flash Thompson is? Yeah, you are thinking about it too hard. <laughs> I, I think uh, that. Yeah. Personally, I think that they don't exist. I think the Superman crossover was just that, like kind of an Elseworlds type thing, or, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess it did happen because there was an issue where Angel had Superman's cape afterwards. She has his cape after that, that's right. Yeah, so I guess it, it just works when he wants it to work, and you just kind of take it like that, you know. And in, in this universe, maybe Superman's the only, you know, outside comic, uh, outside company guy that's in the Image universe or something like that. But, yeah, but this guess, isn't the first time that there's been, you know, like kind of – comments that indicate knowledge about the inner workings of of you know characters that if they those characters were real people in their world they wouldn't know they would have to be like reading them in comics but uh, he has eric has said 
multiple times, I think, that he basically considers it to be a shared universe and, um, you know, it, it, that everybody's just in, in the same universe and, and occasionally they'll cross over and those crossovers will have inconsistencies usually, but I'm not sure, I, I'm I would not just sure wouldn't think so hard about it really, I think is, is, uh, yeah, I think, I think you're thinking about it, um, harder than he is about it. Probably. Yeah, but it just it just caught me because that's that's part of Spider-Man's origin, which the public would not know if Spider-Man was a character living in New York in Savage Dragon. Yeah, exactly. It, it, uh, I was to say to reread issue uh, uh, thirty-six because that one mentions I think more characters per page than any other one. Like. I haven't actually counted, but it certainly seems like every other line in that issue is a reference to some other superhero. Like you said, thirty-six. Aquaman. Yeah, thirty. It's the one where Star and and company they help rescue Peter Clapton because he's been kidnapped. Okay. Yeah. How do you know that off the top wow. of your head? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving on. I think, I think it's thirty-six. <laughs> So let's just say we're confused about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the, the issues where Dragon had his like his series, is uh, in talks with Stan Levi and, and the and the guy who kind of looks like John Byrne from from Marvy Comics and yeah. and the whole thing is just a commentary of, about you know the way that comics are handled today and and. Uh, has this like cutting, like biting commentary the dragon is giving us that he, he would have had to have been a lifetime comic book fan to know that kind of stuff. It's it's clearly just Eric talking through dragon. It was all stuffed and, in his head from from broadcasts. <laughs> he can't right. help but know there it. You go. There you hey, go. Maybe maybe Eric had a show that was broadcast <laughs> into Dragon's head in this world. Eric was like a TV personality. That's why Dragon has his personality. You guys get a no prize. <laughs> so that overlord shows up and stops a bank robbery. What a noble hero. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of my favorite throwaway bad guys features Firepower. I think that's his name, the, the all-white guy. I love yeah. the design of his costume. I've always loved the design yeah. of his costume. He's been around for a long time, right? He has, yeah. And, uh, that he was the dude that first got rid of Overlord's cloak back in the day. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> really glad he didn't, didn't get his head blown off. Didn't he die, though, in, like, the original? Yeah, never, in the in original world? world. Yeah. Yeah. He showed up, and then Overlord snapped his neck, and it was a pretty short-lived appearance, I think. <laughs> but he is a cool-looking dude. And he actually has showed up a couple of times and you know, Post Savage World, I think you know. One time he uh, he kind of crashed through the Rock House Diner, and maybe that was during the Stan Levi thing. I don't know, but oh yeah, yeah, maybe back in the place there. But always good to see him. And then we get this other kind of green villain I've never seen before. I kind of wish Eric would just kind of use some of the the older villains that he hasn't, you know, the older Vicious Circle cast that he hasn't touched on in a while. He looks like a, just, a Bud Ugly stand-in, because unfortunately, Bud Ugly is already dead. Yeah, but he's done. Bud Ugly died? When did he die? Didn't he die during Dragon War? Didn't he get injected and then, uh... Oh. Yeah, yeah we thought with everyone else by Kerr? Yeah. Man. 
I forgot. Yeah, a lot of good. That guy's been around forever. Yeah, he was an awesome butt of all the jokes. Rip yeah. low below. <laughs> then we see Angel. I didn't really catch it last issue. I didn't realize the uh, the absorbinoids. That's how you pronounce that, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a great name, yeah. by the way. Apparently, they sucked about fifty pounds out of her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they, I guess they absorb your energy when they grab onto you. Mostly, We've seen that happen in past issues, and I don't think weight apparently. <laughs> if yeah. you if you look at her when it's happening in 174, she looks like pretty nasty. Like there, you can see like she looks very skeletal. Yeah, uh, and I didn't. I think the first time that I read the issue, I was just kind of skimming through it, and I was like, "Whoa, he drew Angel the weird there." But then I went back and was like, "Oh, that makes total sense." That's actually how it's supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, yeah, it's kind of, she looks really ugly in this panel. (laughs) Well, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, apparently Frank Jr. likes skinny chicks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, gotta get in where you fit in. So we get get panels of uh, Angel and Frank kind of, Frank's putting the moves on. He's just being a, and, uh, a shoulder to cry on. Yeah, you get, you get that. You get that panel on the bottom. The the, the panel on the bottom right. It's just kind of like that dude in the waiting room just sitting there. I thought <laughs> thought that was kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but hey, this dude's in the waiting room. Moving it's not on. John it's just it looks more like a dumb guy. Anyway, no. sorry. Have we seen John Day in a while? I feel like he hasn't popped up in a long time. Maybe you know, I, I, I was just thinking about that, and, and while you were talking, I was thumbing through this issue. I don't know if he's in it. Maybe maybe Kerr killed him off. I don't know if I've seen him in a while. I gotta say, maybe I you know I probably haven't been looking real hard, but yeah, I was hoping for like an issue one seventy five, like a John Day, Krylin guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nope, just Captain Marvel. Yeah, that was weird. So, I mean, moving on after that scene, it, they they kind of uh, they have a scene with with Malcolm talking to the 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 little wise guys, and I know someone on the the forums kind of addressed how they they talk about you know Malcolm putting on all the weight and the little wise guys kind of not really aging. So I don't know what your guys takes on that. Why you think the little wise guys kind of still look the same after they were in suspended animation for a long time? Maybe the genetic yeah. structure is breaking down. I think this is uh, going to be addressed. I mean, I don't think this is just like a throwaway, oh, that's kind of weird kind of comment. I think this is actually going to be something that happens uh, that they you know, have to, I don't know, that they is addressed further in the coming issues. I wonder if Daredevil yeah. might be affected by whatever is preventing them from aging. Yeah. Yeah, good question. Does that mean PJ is going to get all huge and they all stay the same size? That, that, would, that would make sense. <laughs> and I guess, I don't know, I guess Malcolm just got so huge because he's not human. Maybe that's just the way the, his race, the, you know, he's a half-breed Krylon. Malcolm did sort of blow up really quickly. I mean, remember when he was really young, he was like a stick, but he'd still punch you with like the force of his dad. But then yeah. all of a sudden he turned into dragon. Like overnight, uh, that that Krylon puberty is a powerful thing, I guess. I guess so. I guess so. 
putting on his uh, chosen one weight. Yeah, it's all in the it's all in the arms. And then Overlord shows up. Anyone else think these uh these the these there's two like really sweet looking full page uh spreads. The the one where Malcolm punches Overlord uh, is one of my favorite pages. But it's anyone else awesome. think it's weird that he seemed to have intentionally put it into a box that's smaller than the page? Wouldn't wouldn't you think it'd look better if it was yeah, like it all the way to the page. edges? I think what he's doing is he's drawing bigger and reducing the pages more. Oh. Um, I think he's drawing closer to Silver Age size or something like right. that. Like, he's drawing uh, on, a, on a weird size. Or maybe he's just, instead of staying inside the, like, 10 by 15 box on the artboards, he may be going all the way to the edge of the page to the, like, 11 by 17. And then uh, w- where you would normally do that is just, is just to have a full bleed. But maybe he's doing that uh, and you know, reducing it more. Um, cause I think he started doing that a few issues ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I know he goes, I, just he, cause, I know he likes going for like a, a silver age. He likes panels basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that's cool. I mean, I enjoy the fact that he likes to play around with the old, uh, uh, styles like that. But sometimes I think that, See, th- those were, those restrictions, the reason why Silver Age comics looked the way they do is because there were certain restrictions on how you drew them and how they were reproduced, and that's why they look the way they do. And by, you know, doing it stylistically on a, you know, with a modern age comic book, I mean, it has, you know, it's cool. But sometimes I think, like, Malcolm Punch and Overlord here just bleed to the edge of the page. It looks so good. It would look sweet. Uh, I, I think, um, I'm not. I couldn't. I can't really tell you if I would like it better or not, just because um, I'm of the. It, it's so noticeable because, like what you were saying, up until you know recently, except for maybe uh, some of those issues in the first in the beginning of the Savage World arc, uh, he would do a, a full bleed on this kind of page, and so that he's not is kind of jarring, and you go, oh, whoa, it's like there was a, a page a couple issues ago of like. Rex and everybody in Dimension X fighting monsters. It's just like one big page. And that's also like, you, you would think it would be a full bleed, full page spread, but it has a box and it has a border around it. And I kind of just like it because it's different. And I kind of like going, oh, you know, that's, that's a different way of storytelling. And, and that's neat. And so I don't know if I would actually like it more or less, but I, I do hear what you're saying. But what's also interesting about the way it's laid out is if you notice, the, the white space at the top of the page is larger than the white space at the bottom of the page. Yeah, and I can see that throughout the book. It's almost so. as if, like, back in the, you know, even even I recall back in the mid-90s, all your comics looked like that, and they were, like, little colored rectangles at the top of the page that were, like, some sort of color-coding system they use in the printers. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's scooted everything down to make it look more like that. Yeah, I wonder if that's intentional, that, it's, that everything is scooted down. It could it could very well be, but I, I'm not sure if it is. It was just out of alignment. This issue. Maybe. I do agree, though. I, I prefer the full bleed pages on something like that. I mean, it's a splash page. Go for the full bleed, but you know, whatever. I mean, I'll take it either way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, this this whole issue is you know, it's the same old Overlord trying to push his view on you know, they they uh. You know, humans, freaks need to live. They need to work to to help them live together. And it really makes me wonder who this Overlord guy is. I just, 
I have no idea. I mean, I've gone through characters and who would talk this way. He sounds kind of like an immature kind of dude. Like, he just doesn't sound like, I don't know, a very mature type dude. Like, do, do you want, yeah. I want to hear my theory? Do you, Go ahead. Blow it out. Let everyone, this is hey, a spoiler, spoiler everyone. Alert. Spoiler alert. Turn down your volume if you don't want to hear it. <laughs> I think it's Chris Robinson. Yeah. See, I reread the series from issue 101 to like 145 here like this during the summer. And the timing of when Chris Robinson returned and when him and Alex mm. left the book and Overlord's appearance is very, very coincidental if it's not intentional. Interesting. It's like Chris Robinson and Alex left, Overlord appears. Maybe it's misdirection, maybe it's unintentional, but is this something yeah. and especially the fact that Chris's character is significantly changed in this universe that you can practically do anything with him, including mm. putting him into the Overlord armor and fighting for freaky human rights and that sort of thing. But do you think it has the shock value for, like, the characters in the book now? Like, Malcolm has no idea who Chris Robinson is. There's that well, too. I guess he kind of does. I mean, they were in the book briefly together, but, yeah, I'm just... Yeah. But then it opens up questions, where's Alex? Right. And that issue where she said she never saw Dragon again, you know, and it seems like Dragon's going to be kind of coming back in a way. Yeah, see, I, my theory was that if Dragon was really dead, there was an opening for Alex to come back because now he's dead, she'll never meet him again, so that was misdirection. But now he's coming yeah. back, so now they can meet, so probably we can't see Alex again. Well, there's any number of ways you could, in, you could, you know, write that off or interpret that statement. Like, I, I sort of hope that... Uh, not to go too long on this, but I, I sort of hope that it's actually serious and we don't see her again, just because that would be the most powerful way, uh, the most powerful route to go. And also, like, I really, you know, I'm a big fan of Alex and I don't want to see anything happen to her. And so my feeling is if she's out of the book, she's safe. Yeah, it <laughs> um, can't randomly explode when you turn the page. But, but at the same time, it could just be, like you said, you know, that was the last I saw of him as in, you know, he died, uh, the whole public knows that he died, you know, circa, you know, an issue in the 50s or the 60, you know, 150s or 160s. Uh, so it could have been a statement made referring to that. Oh, that's good or it point. could have been a statement, like, that was the last I ever saw him. But, like, let's, what if she made that statement now and then next year she sees him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it could be any... and. We have no reason to think it's really far in the future because when we see her talking, she's not all old and grizzled. She's pretty much the same as we've seen her now, so it's got to be around this time. Uh, That's true. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. No, but that yeah, it's a good theory. I mean, I can't think of anyone really better. That you know, my only only other guess was like Powerhouse, maybe, but you know, I, I don't know. They did have the thing that was interesting about Powerhouse was the this was a dialogue that he had with dragon before right, right. and 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 uh, a few times and it did seem to be make some kind of logical connection and then plus there's that mysterious meeting that he has with overlord and everything but um but just now you said the way that he's talking he sounds immature and that is really i think a, a good uh that kind of puts the finger on it for this issue for me because I was just reading this and it's the whole like 
do as I say, not as I do. You know, he's preaching this whole thing, but he's done all of this terrible crap too. And, right. um, and the way that he's handling it, you know, he gets a lecture from the bully here and he, the, he realizes that he's just fucking this up and he's like, this was not supposed to happen. And, uh, before he takes off and it does make me feel like maybe this is a, a less experienced character. Maybe this is a character who's younger or, or just, uh, I don't know, doesn't have... Well, he's naive. I mean, that, that's yeah. what I'm coming across. He's, he's got a pretty naive outlook on whatever dream he's fighting for because it isn't going well for him. I mean, the vicious circle is split on him, and he keeps knocking down buildings when he's trying to do good. Hey, he's just a weird character. He's kind of like really a superhero. He's not a villain. He's kind of like a Punisher-type vigilante, if you look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you just read his dialogue and it just sounds like almost like a teenager dialogue or something like he's like a peer of Malcolm's rather than like some 40 year old guy or something like that. That's a good point. Of course, we, uh, yeah. we know who it isn't because he's got an airtight alibi. Who's that? Frank Jr. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a little busy at the time. Yeah. He does have a pretty good alibi, I think. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just. I'm clueless, you know. I thought maybe Joey Finkelberry, but he doesn't need a, a suit. Doesn't need a suit. Yeah, he'd probably break yeah. out of the suit when he tried to move. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I just was trying to think of like younger type characters or whatever. I, I just I don't know. I just I mean I I I kind of want him to be someone that we know as opposed to a whole new character because I kind of yeah. want his reveal to have you know impact. But again, it kind of be cool if he was a re- if he was all new. I don't know. I feel like yeah. he's got to be somebody we know. I, I don't think that it would be built up with, like, the mystery if it wasn't. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like it's a good opportunity to kind of shock fans, to, to give us somebody who yeah. we're not expecting. And that's yeah. what it's always been about with Overlord almost this before, you know. Right, after the first time. Every time he, that someone else got in the suit, it was, who is it? Yeah. yeah. It's brainy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll never know. Speaking of splashes, the second the second splash, the, the one, uh, Adam, that you said you really enjoyed, and I liked it too, is the one with Malcolm kind of giving, you know, Overlord that blow the ram. Ram. Yeah. And that, when I first saw that, I'm like, I've seen this, you know, this splash somewhere before. And it's not exactly like it, but it, Made me recall issue forty-seven, the the issue with uh, the the giant mummy hand on the cover, with dread dread knight on the dread cover. Knight. All right. The very first page is a is a full bleed splash of uh, dragon punching out star, which was we come to oh, find. Oh, kill, kill, kill cat. cat. Yeah, and it's got the same kind of action lines and everything, and it just like dragon's like, fist up just up in the air, like yeah, I yeah. Yeah, and that took me back to that, and I really love that splash, and I love this splash. I love the close-up and the detail of Overlord, and, you know, it's yeah. just, it's, it's the awesome. The crazy foreshortening, the big, big head, and then the little knee, like, just, yeah, yeah it's I very good. At that. You know, he, he's better than anyone else I know when it comes to, like, the foreshortening and, and just making it look so odd, like it's coming at you in 3D. Surprised he made it, his head flying toward us and not his hand. Yeah, yeah. But that's all right. It's still sweet. So we get a knockout, drag out brawl between the two of them, and you know, as we said before, uh, 
the bully kind of steps in and kind of makes Overlord realize that he's being a moron <laughs> or a retard. <laughs> so. Sure like that word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> and I know people have been calling him, like, on the forums and stuff, Spoon, and I know that's part of his name, but was he ever addressed in the book as just Spoon? He refers to himself as that. Like, one of the uh, really? yeah. I, didn't, I guess I skipped over that or whatever. So what was going to come of him breaking his hand on Malcolm's face? Good question. You think he's gonna he's gonna want to retaliate more uh, against Malcolm, or do you think this is gonna be the beginning of some like bizarre, like they're not friends but they have some level of respect for each other? I'm pretty sure he's got no respect for anyone. <laughs> I think he's yeah. gonna go out and get himself some superpowers or something. Yeah, I'll show this guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I'll, I'll show everybody I'm better than him. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, I think he probably won't end well. I'm going to guess and say that down the line he, he, he somehow gains some kind of powers and becomes a supervillain. I could be wrong, but it seems like it's there. So then we move on to the, the, the last scene of the, the, the main story, which was a doozy. And you, you get Malcolm walking to an empty house, which he thinks is an empty house. And uh, I love the close-up on his face on that the, the panel where he kind of just walks in he's looking for Frank and Angel. And it just yeah. shows Eyes like you know, whoa. <laughs> Seems kind of lonely in the in the third panel of this last page. Yeah, uh, not sure. Not sure what he thinks of all this. I think. And then yeah, the real kick in the nuts. And his his father calls him on the phone, which is pretty cool because that connects with the the backup story. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see if, if you were Malcolm, would you believe that it's your father? Would you be like, yeah, that's the crap. Just hang up. <laughs> no, yeah, I, 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 he, I'd react the way that he reacted to uh, when Krull showed up and, and like tried to talk to him. So that's the main story. Pretty decent issue, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, it I think- was really good. Oh, I wanted to bring up something else: the coloring. You know, for the last you know year or two, uh, Nikos uh, Nadis. Kotsis. Co- Kotsis. Yeah. I, I don't know how to say it. Sounds about right. <laughs> has has been doing you know doing the coloring. I've been fairly critical of the coloring for a while cuz uh I found that there was too much highlighting going on. It kind of looked like everyone was in a sunny day even when they were indoors. I don't know, it just had this like bright glary feel to it. But over the last yeah. couple of months, it seems to have toned down. down back on that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm liking the coloring a lot it. more. Yeah, you know, I, I think when I first saw his stuff, if you look at his first issue, I forget what number it is. It's the one with Adam Archer from Godland. 138. Yeah. Um, if you look at that issue, I love that issue when it came out. I love the colors. And then, he, you know, he's evolved over time. And then he had that period where, it, like you said, it, it got really lots of glares and lots of shiny effects. And it got to be a little overpowering and a little much. And I think he's kind of, you know, like we just said, toned it down. And, and I, I like this issue. I like the colors in this issue a lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. There's always a, a danger of, like you guys are saying, uh, if you're doing a lot of rendering in the coloring, whether you're doing effects or just a lot of shading or highlighting, or you're doing, like, uh, you know, a lot of textures, and he definitely likes to use his textures, uh, there's always a the danger of overdoing it and like burying the artwork. Yeah. I I, I didn't, I thought it was, he was sort of starting, starting to 
over overdo it uh, on, a, on some of those issues, but all of my complaints are gone. Like the, these last few look terrific. Yeah. But, and I have to admit, I do like sometimes when he puts textures in because sometimes Eric will do his like real shorthand scribble. Yeah. And, you know, Nikos will come in and give like someone a nose ridge or something with the colors and the texture or just make yeah. the, you know, the facial expressions kind of like the wrinkle in the brow with the colors, you know, just enforce that. And I don't know how Eric feels on that. I mean, I don't, some artists don't like when, you know, their art gets messed with, you know, well, he's still coloring way. the book, so he can't be too mad about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I, I kind of enjoy that, especially on some of the, like, when like when he's doing, you know, real fast, like, loose pencils. Yeah, he always puts the, like, ink spatter, like, where there's fire or something exploding. Yeah. I think that looks great. And, like, yeah. in this issue, there's uh, a little bit of texture whenever you see trees and bushes, and it just gives them a little bit of definition. And yeah, it makes it them looks look great. Yeah. yeah. Move on to Move the Vanguard. Move on to Vanguard backup. Yes, Vanguard. Always the highlight of the issue. I enjoy the letters on this backup. I don't know who does it, but... He's good, that's for sure. <laughs> for those who don't know, listening to the podcast, Adam does the letters for the Vanguard backups. Lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> Just be involved in the process. Um, I enjoyed this uh, backup. I, th- I I think I've said that last episode of the last Vanguard. I, I've enjoyed every single one of these little mini-serials, you know, I wish uh, this was like a permanent feature almost, but I'll take yeah. it you know, as we get it. Do we know how but many Van- more issues that Vanguard's going to be appearing in? Uh, we don't, um, for sure. Uh, I don't think... Hmm, let's see. You don't have any inside information for us? <clears throat> uh, I've heard different things. Um I don't think there's going to be a ton of them left. I think that the, there's only a, a, probably a handful more, but I don't quote me on that because I actually the, nobody really tells me anything. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe if anything, it wraps up after the whole Tyrus Combine kind of kicks off. That would make sense. Right. I don't know because this is sort it's of definitely, pre- definitely tying into that. Right, it's, it's really yeah, it's a like prequel the, to the, the the whole Combine invasion. Right. So this one picks up where last month left off, which is interesting because I don't think uh, it's done that yet. Had basically a two-parter. Most of them have been pretty standalone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the stand- it's a two-parter, but yet at the same time, there's still almost like a standalone story, you know? It, it, it continues, but you could read them separately, I think, and still get a complete story out of each one of them. I could be wrong. Yeah, Maybe I not. mean, yeah, you can. I mean, yeah, that, that definitely is the case. But like in the, what you're saying, I mean, this one does take place moments after the last one finished, where the other ones aren't necessarily happening at the same exact time. Like, yeah. you know, they're they're it could be a few days apart, it could be a month apart, or whatever. But um, there are e- even the ones you know that are just uh, kind of short and seemingly inconsequential. I think um, I think Gary is wanting to tie up some of these loose ends that have been dangling with Vanguard for a long time, such as modem and, and kind of work that into this story. So even though they're kind of standalone chapters, uh, it is all part of one Vanguard story, right? Like right. this, this, this backup. So when this gets collected, it's going to be amazing. Oh, that would be so sweet if that happened. Yeah. Almost like the mighty man, uh, one shot that was collected after all those little serials. I would yeah. hope it gets the same treatment. 
We will see. So yeah, so we've got uh, a bunch of Vanguard's people. One of them's a lady, and they are in big trouble. And it turns out it's uh, Vanguard's sister. And I, I found it interesting that, you know, she wears the same kind of costume as Vanguard, and then those other guys have, like, battle-type suits. And I wonder what separates them. If, if she's, like, an officer and Vanguard's an officer and these guys are just kind of, like... Techies? Yeah, I don't consoles, know. Yeah. Push the buttons? So, something like that. Uh, something like that, I think. They don't look as ripped oh. as Vanguard does. So we got, uh, we still have, um, Lurch with his Hawaiian shirt on, and he seems to become, like, a part of the cast more, you know? He kind yeah, of he's just, definitely an individual now, like, he's not just, you know, there's our morphling Lurch, he's, like, a guy with a, a mind. The one thing I, uh... I got out of this that I didn't realize before is actually how big Vanguard's ship is. I mm. never realized it was that large because I never really had anything to compare it to. It just kind of hangs and, in space usually. Yeah, they, yeah, same here, actually. They, they call it the Calypton Battle Cruiser, too, and it's like, wow, you look at it versus that Tyranian or however you say them, their, their little ships and, and that little other pod that his sister's in, and it's huge, and I just... I just never realized that from reading the comic all these years. I thought it was just a smaller kind of little craft. Satellite even, not a not even a battle cruiser. I thought it was just kind of a outpost. Mm-hmm. Guess it's a bit more robust. Yep. I gotta tell you that that panel on that page where where Vanguard's ship hits the Tyranian ship, I love that. The way it looks. It's it's kinda simple but it just it just did something for me. You just feel the collision, you know, you see the outline of the, the a vanguard ship and you just the colors and everything i don't know i don't it's something about that small you know panel that just did it for me yeah that's that is a really cool panel you mean the one where the 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 battle cruiser appears behind the uh enemy ship and then shoots a missile at it and blows up i thought he just collided with it but yeah that's not clear (laughs) whatever they did they collided with it they shot it Maybe they just yeah. shot it. I don't I, know. <laughs> the way it looked to me is that he, he just, they just collided into it and smashed it apart. But yeah, I thought either it way, bad. either way. <laughs> <It's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, are those other two guys dead or are they still alive? No, they're still alive. They're in like critical condition. If I'm yeah. yes, that's correct. Which is so tragic because his sister has finally come into the book and now she's dead. Yeah, this it, this one has a really nice. Uh, the, just the last page of this is really touching, and I thought uh, just kind of a lot more powerful story than uh, we've seen in the Vanguard backups so far. And I mean, I I, I love Van, uh, and you know, I'd be I'd be cheering this even if I wasn't working on it at all because he's always been one of my favorite characters, um, you know, in the comics that Eric and Gary do and. Uh, the the backups have all been cool, but but this was like, you know, it almost kind of teared up when I was reading this. This is great. Yeah, it was good. I, I was a little confused, and some I talked to other people, and they kind of cleared it up for me. I, I didn't realize that Lurch could absorb memories, and I don't think it was stated. I think maybe we're supposed to be surprised by that as well, reading the strip. But I was like a little lost to like, you know, how did he know? You know her thoughts or whatever, but I think that's been previously established. So it, that's what the it, uh, I think they say it in the last one. I think right. he said uh, in the one with Universo. I think it's stated at some point there. 
um, that he absorbs there. He basically just becomes a clone of them now. Like he has their personality and their memories. And like when he first transforms, he doesn't even know that he's not them at first. Like, uh, all right. And that causes trouble. Yes. <laughs> always. <laughs> so where do we go from here on Vanguard? It sounds like, you know, this is kind of wrapped up. Um, what's on the cover of the next Vanguard? Is that the, the one that we saw on the forums? That's the one that's all yeah. red and black and awesome. Yeah, with that's the, the, the one with the big monster hand on his face. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So I guess maybe one survived or more came looking for the rest of them. But I really like that, that, that you get the red and the black background with the inks only foreground. It looks really striking. Yeah, it reminded me of the Malcolm, was it Thunderhead cover? The, the red? Yeah, yeah the, the cover for 171. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep, that was, that's uh, good to have this strip in the book. It's, it's good to have backups in general. It really makes it, gives it value. Yeah. It's always fun to like read a book and then, even if you don't know the, this, well, especially if you don't know the, the strip is in the back and then you, you know, flip through the letters or the bads or whatever. You're like, oh, more stuff. This is awesome. More stuff. And, yeah. And I'm just, uh, I've also always been a big fan of Frank Fosco, so it's always fun to, to see him doing stuff. Definitely. Well, he did, Definitely. Didn't he recently mention that after the Vanguard strip wraps up, he's got another project in the pipe? Yeah, Frank's got a whole bunch of stuff going on uh, right now, and I don't know when anything is coming out, but um, w one thing I think we'll be able to post previews of relatively soon, it's either being, it, it's a, a project where the, the writer is pitching it to publishers right now, and then if it doesn't get picked up, he's just going to publish it himself. So right. uh, either, either way, we'll... I'm sure Frank will have something to say about it soon. Um, and then he's got this larger um, graphic novel, which is coming out from Ar Arcana or Arcana. I don't know how. It's Arcana. Else. Yeah, but um, it's basically the same. Um, uh, I'm lettering that, and David Seltzer, the guy who's coloring Vanguard, is, is coloring it. And um, so it'll look kind of like it'll have the same kind of look as Vanguard, and it's a sci-fi epic, and it'll be really cool. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a long time coming oh. because it's a big book, but it's going to be sweet. So we want to do our first uh, retro review. Uh, we've been talking about revisiting older issues of Savage Dragon and reminding ourselves why it was really, really awesome back in the day. Uh I think we chose issue 20 because of its uh, the cover that was homage on issue 176. Yeah, this this is a, an absolute gem of an issue. There's a lot going on, a lot of different characters. It, it was fun to reread it. I haven't read it and hadn't read it in a while, and I, you know reread it today before the podcast, and uh, I just forgot you know how cool it was with all the old characters. You know, it was good to revisit yeah. it. You get the whole, uh, you know, the Rapture, uh, Dragon's Old Girlfriend Rapture kind of, you know, just her same old jealous self that she, she was during the whole time she was in the book. And, you know, throughout the whole comic, she, you know, makes these little comments about, you know, other women that Eric's talking <laughs> to and that Dragon's talking to. Yeah. 
and uh, wasn't uh, the bit with Rita in the shower recently in the book with uh, Angel and Daredevil? I wasn't sure if that was so much an homage, but it was very similar, yeah. It was, uh, I, I, yeah. I never heard the pages if there was anything. W- were the pages very similar? I didn't look at the two pages. I did not do a side-by-side comparison because I couldn't remember what issue the angel exchange occurred in. Yeah, I completely forgot about that, too. Uh, but but you know, this sounds like something he would do. I, you know, I definitely remember the could you bring me a towel part was the same words. And just to, uh, you know, I don't think we want to go page by page on this, but, you know, just to quickly kind of summarize it and then we can talk about the, the cooler things sure. in the book. But, you know, it just, it, it revolves around, uh, Cyberface is locked up and he wants to exchange his freedom for information on how to deactivate Overlord's suit and get to Overlord. And the cops are all, you know, in agreement that, you know, it's worth the price of freeing Cyberface in order to take down Overlord. In the meantime, a bunch of vicious circle goons break in and cause havoc, break into the police department, and, you know, Dragon's got to save the day. And to wrap it up, you know, they they listen to Cyber for- Cyberface's advice and they travel to uh, Overlord's, you know, headquarters and get ready to go attack him, and the issue ends at that. But we can kind of just focus in on some of the cooler parts and I just wanted to bring to the attention of you know the vicious circle goons that were portrayed in this issue I thought were great and I yeah. always to see these guys get FaceTime. Yeah, I think a number of these were um like some of the characters that Eric created for the show because this is while the show was running and this was their like proper introduction in the book. Um like Vane and Volcanic. I, I may be wrong about that, but I seem to remember this being the first time some of these characters we'd seen them like in the in the book and yeah. just coming out and you know attacking all the cops and kicking ass and um there's also that moment where uh you know it seems like the the bad guys are just beating everybody and then uh the one guy opens the door and gets his head blown away by frank and this was just a really cool moment like when this issue came out because this is the first time Frank's been, we, we've seen him like back at like, he's been since, you know, er, much earlier in the story, he's been on the run because of Overlord. And, uh, you know, he faked his own death, the whole thing with Lurch. And then he had that knockdown drag out fight with Skullface for several issues. And, uh, so then like in the middle of the fight, we see Frank sort of appear and he's like got his badge back on. He's back in the, you know, among the Chicago cops and, it was just a great moment. I remember when this issue came out, and you're like, "Oh yeah, Frank's back!" You know, blank. Yeah. You, you get to that, turn the page, and Frank's yeah. a gun in your face, and you just see yeah. strong arms head explode. Yeah. Speaking of guys <laughs> getting their head blown off, uh, apparently this is alternate universe. Captain James Stewart bought his. Of course, as I understand it, this captain, this James, this Captain Stewart is different than the current Captain Stewart. Yeah, I don't think there's any relation. I just think they have the same same name and the same yeah. mustache, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the current Captain Stewart is a, a bit more of a stand-up guy than than the the old one was kind of a putz. Is you know always shuffling characters off like uh, all the stuff with Freak Force when they were on the on the police force and stuff. I uh, you know I just like that these particular vicious circle goons kind of shine because for a lot of the series, you always get like the, 
cutthroat and mako and low blow and like you know the same kind of five guys brainy ape and they're the same five guys it seems like and these kind of guys are just like in the background as background scribbles and like you actually get to see you know raw dog who's like a fan a favorite of mine the the, the guy the the red dots on his head and he's got that weird like yeah tech armor you get yeah. to see him a little bit in action you know you get to see We've seen Vane since, but you get to see her in action, you know. Yeah. It's, just, uh, it's cool to see those type of guys. That, who's the, the mega tech, I guess? I think this is the only time we really see him in action besides other little scribbles, and he kind of looks cool. Yeah. But Eric's got a lot of really, really great designs that, you know, most artists would kill for, and he just uses it for, like, a scribble background character. He's, you know? like, in one issue, and then he <laughs> throws him away or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, damn, I want to see more of that guy, you know? Like, and you just don't ever see him again. You're like, son of a yeah. bitch. This guy's so yeah. cool. How about the double-page spreads in this issue? Uh, yeah. Yeah, when they're all busting through the, into the police station, that's, that's sweet. And then later on in the book with the SWAT team. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. just a good good image some big, they all big have these guns freaking enormous guns it's great too because with with the build-up of what's happening and then right at the beginning of issue 21 they just all get blown away immediately yeah within two seconds <laughs> it's like there's all this build-up like oh look at all these dudes i want to know what the story of the guy in the glasses and the turtleneck is why did he have to die so quickly <laughs> <laughs> it's john day yeah. Is it? He always dies. Yeah. I want to know the story of the guy that kind of looks like a werewolf. He just looks weird. He's the, the guy uh, on the side of Eric. He's got kind of pointy ears. Yeah, I, I always call Dragon Eric. I don't know. <laughs> I hear like Eric's voice or something in Dragon. Well, yeah, it pretty much is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I like the page where they're all in the helicopter and, you know, you get, it's classic Larson kind of humor that he throws in. Uh, I miss that he doesn't do this kind of more, but, you know, it's some one of the cops talking about the validity of uh, Forrest Gump and, you know, yeah. he's driving, dragging insane. You see his face and he's just like, shut the F. <laughs> like you said, they bust in and then the next issue, they all get blown away, you know real quick and that was just a surprise and you know this whole this issue kind of this one and the issue after where it's you know dragon 101 against overlord kind of set up one of the really cool eras of the book which i thought you know was one of the best eras was the gang war kind of series mm -hmm. so they get rid of overlord finally and then you have everyone fighting for control of the vicious circle and I would have liked to see Eric kind of do a gang war too. I know he doesn't like to recycle ideas or whatever, but seeing how everyone's fighting over the vicious circle now, it would be so awesome to see all like a bunch yeah. of friends just duking it out. But circle I don't think yeah. that. having the circle versus the vicious circle. Yeah. And I don't think we'll see that, but like I said, it would be cool to have uh, some issues spotlighting a, a number of different villains. Like all at you know, kind of center of attention instead of just you know a, a side story or, or or they're the bad guys in the story or something. Right. Like that was one of the really cool things about the gang war is that we just saw so many guys and and sort of like you were saying about in the guys attacking in issue twenty, uh, guys that we don't normally see center stage, uh, you know, getting involved in some action and I love those little floating heads 
throughout the gang war of just like yeah. here's thousands of dudes. Just there's the guy that has like a vagina butt on his head. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds, all kinds. What's, what the guy? What, what's his name? Bulldozer, I think. He's got like a bucket head. <laughs> it looks uh-huh. like he's a can on his head. And it's like we, you know, and that's probably like the largest image we've seen of those guys ever. And then yeah. like I think when uh, you know issues down the road, who was that? Uh, Solar Man kind of took out a bunch, and it was like the next time you see him is like a hundred issues later, and they're just in a pile of blood taken out by Solar Man. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's fun. It's fun to see all those uh, crazy villains. But I think that wraps up kind of. Uh, this issue 20, unless you guys had anything else to add. No, I mean, uh, the next issue, I, 21, that was the all-splash page issue, right? It, it's almost all-splash. It's, yeah. it's a few pages, like, near the end uh, are normal pages, and also sort of when they're recounting Overlord's, you know, story, um, those aren't really, those are, like, have inset panels on top of splash pages. Right. And um, But it's a callback to issue seven, which was the all splash page issue and sort of the rematch. So you got to start out with the all splashes and right. Uh, right. Yeah. That was just an awesome issue. I do want to mention something. I had a note written down that I forgot on issue 20. There was a really cool panel and it's the close up on octopus. And what he says is kind of cool because, you know, 80 issues later, it kind of comes true. Well, not eight, maybe 70 issues later, but he's like, He's talking about Cyberface to the police. Yeah. You don't know what you have. You don't realize the magnitude of his power, what he's capable of doing. And he's like, you know. He has the power to rule the planet. Yeah. And then whatever it was, 60 issues later, you know, he's ruling the planet, you know. So I didn't catch that until I just reread it, you know, before our podcast. But I wrote a note on that. I thought that was kind of cool that, you know. It Look at all that spit true. in Octopus's mouth. Remember when they used to draw spit in everybody's mouth every time? <laughs> <Yeah. the mouth? laughs> that was like, I don't know, from 1985 to 1995 or something. Like every single time somebody's mouth is open, there'd be tons of spit. How else would you know they're talking? <laughs> anyway, no, that yeah. is a, that is like really that. cool foreshadowing of, of Cyberface there. Unfortunately, it took a little while for him to get there. I mean, he got his head cut off at one point and stuck in a jar, and they'd be reanimated as a zombie, and then the universe had to be rebooted. Mm-hmm. So it took a while, but he got there. Made it he got the there. <laughs> so that wraps up uh, issue 20 overview. We can put that back in our uh, back issue box. I'll stick these pages back in my trade paperback. I opened <laughs> up my revenge trade paperback to go over this issue, and the glue had disintegrated, and all the pages fell out. Yeah. Yeah, those ones were were not were not good. The the did you? Um, I'm assuming you have the one that just says revenge in like big white letters. Yes, that's on the one. front. Yeah, the when he reprinted these, he did it with the the current Savage Dragon logo the that's on the book, where it's kind of a squished version of the original logo, yeah. and then it says revenge underneath it's Savage. And those ones are bound a lot better. The pages don't. Why as far as I've covers. seen. Yeah, we need the hardcovers. The posterity. Sure. And those little tip plates that are always hilarious in the hardcovers. Yeah, the sign plates thing, those are great. Yeah, those things are awesome. They're so offensive. <laughs>
So, so I guess that kind of that wraps up. I think uh, that wraps up one twenty. I mean, that wraps up twenty and one seventy six. So what are we going to be talking about next week or next month? One seventy seven. One seventy seven. That's the way the numbers go. <laughs> I have the solicitation text here. Apparently, Osama bin Laden is back and he's out to destroy America. Of course he is. Of course. I'm interested to see how this goes. I, I don't know. I'm a little shaky about it. It seems a little uh, gimmicky, but, you know, it's always a good time with Eric. It, it, he'll make it fun, but we'll see. <laughs> yes, we will see. Kind of a cool cover, though. But like you said, it, it does seem a little on the nose. Right. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be pretty funny. I think it's going to be uh, just a fun, fun issue. We'll see. I don't know if we have a street date for that, but it's probably in like three or four weeks. Sooner the yeah. better. We can do it. In- it's 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 at the printers, so uh, I'm oh, sure really? I'm, I'm sure it will be uh, something like three or four weeks. I don't know the street date either, but oh. yeah. Seems like yeah. Eric's trying to get caught up. Seems like issues are coming out fast or at least regular. Yeah, he he's he's uh, definitely trying to. Get him going on a good clip. I think there was a one issue earlier in the year that was a month or two late. I don't remember, 172 or I, th- I think the first one, the first Vanguard book was late, and um, and he's just wanting to get on a more regular schedule again, and so he's doing them at a faster pace now. Um, Which is interesting because, like I said, the line work seems a little bit more intricate now. Yeah, it was the last couple of months, funny. so he seems to be speeding up and being more detailed, which is the best of both worlds. So I think that wraps up episode one of the Savage Fincast. We will be back next issue. I just want to remind people to check out uh, dragonfan.net. Take a cruise around um, for all your Savage Dragon information. Um, and also um, any new readers or even longtime readers that, you know, even – during our podcast, want to look up some information on stuff we're talking about from past issues, check out the Savage Dragon Wiki. That's uh, savagedragonwiki.wikispaces.com. And then also, my last thing is Twitter. We're on there at, as Dragon Fan uh, Blog. That's uh, for the Dragon Fan Net. That's our Twitter. So check it out. I will make sure to add links to all those to the website. So if you just want to go to the uh, FinCast website, You'll be able to click the links. Go right there. Cool. It was great talking Sweet. to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, Can't it's wait. great talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Can't wait for the next issue. You know, uh, hopefully Nick will be back with us. Yes. And uh, maybe we'll get Gavin uh, in the mix. Definitely. Start. Yeah. Pick, pick his brain. That'll be good. That'll be good. He'll be able to answer just about every question, I think. <laughs> <laughs>